0: Would you open God's precious holy word to Leviticus 10? I don't think I've preached this before. It's been so long since I prepared it, studied it and all that. But, uh, and as I studied it again this week, I thought, man, this sounds familiar. But I didn't wear it out, so it's still there, and I'll preach it again if I've already done it. Leviticus 10, the discipline of God. A lot of ways you could look at this chapter. We'll talk about that as we go through it. But keep in mind here the the importance of the priesthood. For you and me, that would translate into the importance of a mediator between God and man. The Levitical priesthood is important to the culture and economy and and religion of Israel in the Old Testament. However, They are only human, so they have to deal with their sins. We've seen that in previous chapters of Leviticus. They have to deal with their sins. And then God has to declare that they are then prepared to deal with the sins of Israel. And their position was very important. There there was the prophet, the priest, and the king. Israel was created to need all three of those offices. And of course, all three offices are absorbed in Christ. But we focus here on what the priesthood does for the people of God, most especially with regard to worship and how how god regards the importance and purity of worship it's a holy thing completely affixed on yahweh in the old testament in our case jesus yahweh savior and nothing else should interfere with that or or even be mixed into it. Well, let's look at it here. The sin of Nabdab and Abihu. These were Aaron's sons. Worship, the work of the priest, the sacrifices, all of these things have just started. This is the beginning of of worship with, with, with regard to instruction just the beginning of tabernacle worship. All of these things in the tabernacle, how they were made, by what they were made, the colors that were used, the, the distances, everything, the material, everything has a purpose. It's an illustration. And we come to realize that it all speaks of the life and ministry and perfection of Christ even to the point of showing us how our salvation is based on the one who is both God and man. And that is seen in the material of the Ark of the Covenant. Well, it's not our purpose to look at those things. What we're going to do is just consider The importance of the purity and the holiness of worship and service. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, each took his pan, his censer, put fire in them and placed incense upon it. And they brought before Yahweh foreign or strange or unauthorized fire, which he had not commanded them. So fire went forth from before Yahweh and consumed them and they died before Yahweh. The fire of the altar out on out in the court of the tabernacle, the fire where sin was dealt with and so forth, that fire was ignited by, personally by Yahweh. Yahweh. If if sin is going to be dealt with, if commitment with regard to burnt offering, for example, if those things were going to be acceptable, it could only be so with Yahweh initiating the process. We can never initiate the process of our service to the Lord. He has to call us into it and give us the gift and resource to do it. And then give us the unction to get into it and move forward and the strength to move forward. Salvation is the same way. We can't save ourselves. We can't just determine that upon a certain time I'm going to get up and walk right in to salvation. And I'll be saved. I'll be saved in the by and by. You'll be saved when God calls you to be saved or you won't be saved at all. People have an idea that it it depends on their strength, on, on their initiation, but it doesn't. It all comes from God. It's initiated from God. And this is no less true with the fire that burns on the altar, which was ignited by Yahweh himself. And then part of the work of the priesthood was to make sure that fire kept going so that the fire that was initiated by Yahweh wouldn't go out. And then coals from that fire were taken into other other parts where where they were used, especially at at the altar of incense. But everything that was used regarding fire in worship in the tabernacle was fire that was ignited by Yahweh. Somehow, Nadab and Abihu, brought unauthorized or foreign or strange fire. When they brought in their censer, their their incense in the censer. Now, they had profaned the command of God and the, well, maybe to say the doctrine of salvation the reality of salvation, these are all points that God makes. These are, we can't make this stuff up. The problem gets to be when people add to the work of Christ in the New Testament or take away from it, you put other rules on God's plan of salvation in the Bible and you add a few man-made things here and there and denominations through the centuries have been guilty of doing just this and they're guilty of this today. Um, People take the beautiful simplicity of salvation, is all in Christ, the finished work of Christ and they mess it up. This is what happened here the beautiful way that God had established, so that His people who were called by Him to Himself, Israel, His people were given the way by which they would be accepted in approaching Him. And He could be personal to them. So when they brought an offering, and we've already studied the various offerings, when they brought an offering, and they had to bring it to the priest. And then the priest had to do his part. The worshiper just couldn't go up and do his part once the tabernacle was established. Now, Noah offered his burnt offering in a time before the law and there there are other things. But once the tabernacle was established and the people of God had been separated from the nations of the world, it was very clear that God would initiate the worship. God would design the place of worship. He would design the altars, the place where people could come in, the gateway, the, bra- the bronze, the brazen altar at the entrance way, and then all the way the holy place, the most, the holy of holies, which was a thing that belonged, number one, to the priesthood and then to the high priest only once a year. All of these were designated by Yahweh. Salvation. Salvation to God to be saved with God's salvation and there is no other salvation is by design that Yahweh has established. Now the importance here is that everything points to the holiness of God and through the priesthood the holiness of the people. What the priests did in behalf of the people was by the command of God and the instruction of God and the priesthood would would be designated by God and would be separated by God and purified in the sense that they were made holy By a process that Yahweh had had instructed, had commanded for the priesthood. And then once the priests had been declared anointed, if you will, then they're prepared to serve the people. And then the people can be declared holy, separated, God's people, by the offerings, the various offerings which would come to the priesthood. As I said earlier, you know, just any old citizen out there couldn't bust through the gate of the tabernacle and throw his sacrifice on the fire and declare himself saved. It had to be by the way God said. And the priesthood had to do it. It wasn't that difficult. The instructions they were given wasn't that difficult, but they had to do it right. Salvation today in Christ is simple and free to those to whom it is given. Salvation doesn't cost me a thing. It doesn't cost me uh, an ounce of behavior of any kind. It doesn't even require me to be obedient uh, to an ordinance Although those are extremely important to a believer, it's hard, for me, it's hard for me to accept the testimony of someone claiming to be a believer who would otherwise completely reject the ordinances such as baptism and even the Lord's Supper. That's not for me to judge. It's just I would have a hard time believing the sincerity of someone but that's not a requirement for my salvation. Everything is of God. He initiates the thing. He calls us. He gives us the gift of confession and repentance. He gives us the gift of faith. Then he, brought, he draws us to himself. He puts his Holy Spirit in our lives. And with the presence of the Holy Spirit now, we can begin to live the Christian life. Though we start out as babes in Christ, we mature and we grow. And this is the work of God through us. Uh, God in Christ. And so Christ, as we mature, does things through us. These are, the, these are the works that were written into our salvation when we were saved, according to Ephesians 2. It's all by the design of God. There were great lessons for the Israelites to learn by bringing a, ver- a certain kind of an offering in a certain way and bring it to the priest we're going to see in this chapter that it was the job of the priesthood to instruct the people of what was going on. This is the way they were taught. Now, what was the strange fire? Nobody can really know, but we can pick a couple of things, first of all, from the word that's translated foreign or strange, alien or defiled, uh, foreign fire. Apparently, well, let's go on to the next slide, and maybe this will help us. Aaron's sorrow. Of course, Aaron was sorrowful. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what he always spoke when he said, I will be sanctified through those near to me, and before all the people, I will be glorified. But Aaron was silent. Why was he silent? Well, he, he couldn't give an excuse for his sons. He had to agree that what they had just done was, was in blatant violation of the instruction of Yahweh. And Moses summoned Mishael and Elzaphon, the sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel, and said to them, draw near, carry your kinsmen from within the sanctuary to outside the camp. Well, now that they're dead, they're unclean, and they have to be taken out and certain things have to be done. They can't just stay there So they approached and carried them with their tunics to the outside of the camp. Now they had been burned with fire and they were killed and really shouldn't be touched. And so they just sort of wrapped their tunics around them and drugged them out with their tunics. To outside the camp as Moses had spoken. Moses said to Aaron and Eleazar and to the Ithamar, his sons. These two last guys were the brothers of the two guys that just got Fried. Okay, so this is daddy, brother, and brother. Do not leave your heads unshorn. Don't rend your garments so that you shall not die, lest he be angry with the entire community. But your brothers, the entire house of Israel, shall bewail the conflagration that Yahweh has burned. Don't act all broke up about this. You know this was wrong. And the importance of your position before Yahweh is to make sure that the worship of Yahweh is pure and holy and unblemished. And God's people are expected to worship God in the truth of heart and spirit and seek to be God's holy people. And when I say holy, I mean God's separated people. Nothing can be mixed with that. That is is terribly sinful. And that would even be true today, the worship of our Lord. Today, nothing should be mixed. We should have our complete focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, he says, I don't want you to act like you are in mourning, that you're grieving. There's a lesson here. People have to know this. It's okay to a point. But if you're not careful, Yahweh will be angry with everybody. You are in an important position. And Aaron knows this. He has to be obedient to the instruction of God. And do not go out of the entrance of the tent of meeting lest you die. Now these guys have been anointed He has been anointed because Yahweh's anointing oil is upon you. They were anointed and thus being anointed they are separated for this particular work of the priesthood at this particular time and they have to maintain the work of the priesthood. They can't walk off and leave it. It's, no, you can't do that. Then you'll die. So, you have your responsibility, even though your sons have died. You have your responsibility. So don't go out of the tent of meeting. You are anointed. Your work and your job is here. And they did according to Moses' order. That's very difficult, I'm sure, for them. But it speaks to us. The importance of committed service. Has God separated us to service? We can't mix anything with that. We can't. We have to be obedient to the Lord and we we cannot mix anything else with this. We can't turn ourselves away from it. This is what we do. They did according to Moses' order. Yahweh spoke to Aaron, saying, Now I'm going to put all this together when we get through here with this uh, slide. Yahweh spoke to Aaron, it's the only place in Leviticus, I think, where Yahweh speaks directly to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine that will lead you to intoxication, neither you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tent of meeting. So that you shall not die. This is an eternal statute for your generations to distinguish between holy and profane between unclean and clean and to instruct the sons of Israel regarding all the statutes which which Yahweh has spoken to them through Moses. Now you see verse 11 the implication is that it's the work of the priesthood to be those who would instruct the people of God the sons of Israel. Well let's stop here just a second. This is in the context of the death of, of Abihu, who brought strange wine, who brought strange fire because, I think, of wine. Here's what I think happened. These two guys were sipping wine waiting to do the next thing in the order of the duties of a priest. They got drunk. It was time to do the next thing, carry some coals to the altar. They couldn't find the coals or might have let the fire go out. Ooh, what are they going to do? They're going to figure it out for themselves. Find some kind of fire and bring it in on their their pans, their their sens- sensors, sens- uh, their incense pans. And so they had another way of doing it, but this was not the fire. Apparently, that Yahweh had ignited, and they lost their presence of mind, apparently, because of the context, having drunk too much wine. On duty, they showed themselves to be unclean and impure, and their dedication was zero. Because he says, if I want to put it in the negative, they didn't distinguish between that which is holy and that which is profane. They became profane when they were supposed to be holy and they did something and from that point on, everything they would do would be profane. They didn't distinguish between the unclean and the clean. And so in a profane and unclean state, they came to do that which is supposed to be holy and clean and it starts with the servant, the priest. They profaned their position. It's it's kind of like Esau selling his birthright. It's just had had no dedication to that which is holy and pure. They didn't see the special position in which they were placed. And so now he says, you be sure to instruct all the sons of Israel about these statutes. Because if you go back into the context and go back because, and we can say it this way, because you see what happened to Nadab and Abihu. Those who serve as worship leaders have a great responsibility. When a person is committed to that responsibility. He's not really afraid of it. He just knows that he has to be committed to the responsibility. And it's, it's not you know. The, the, the job description is not that difficult. It's just that the leader of worship. In this case the priest. Has to maintain his focus. And he has to constantly remind himself that he has to live a certain way because he's he's serving God as a worship leader and he is an example to the people and he has to be the one to instruct the people. So if he's not living a, a holy and clean life, how can he expect to transmit that truth to the people of God whom he also serves? He serves God and he serves God's people. and in the case of Nadab and Abihu they profaned it both ways they profaned their service to God and to Israel Moses spoke to Aaron and his surviving sons Eleazar and Ithamar take the meal offering that is left over from Yahweh's fire offerings eat it as unleavened loaves beside the altar For it is a holy of holies. You shall eat it in a holy place because it is your portion and your son's portion from Yahweh's fire offerings. For so I have been commanded. Okay. Well, let me go on. The breast of the waving and the thigh and the raising up you shall eat in a clean place. You and your sons, your daughters with you, for as your portion and your son's portion, they have been given from the peace offerings of the sons of Israel. And they shall bring the thigh of the raising up of the breast of the waving upon the fats for fire offerings to wave as a waving before Yahweh. And it shall belong to you and your sons with you as an eternal due, as Yahweh has commanded. Now. Moses thoroughly investigated concerning the sin offering, he goat. And behold, it had been burnt. Now, they weren't supposed to, they were supposed to eat part of it. So he was angry with Eliezer and Ethema, Aaron's surviving sons, saying, Why did you not eat the sin offering in the holy place? It was all set up for you, it was for you, it was important. For it is a holy of holies and he has given it to you to gain forgiveness for the sin of the community to effect their atonement before Yahweh. Now here's the way it goes. And we've seen the law of of these offerings leading up to this. With regard to certain offerings, the priests were to eat it. And they could have, on occasion, they could have their sons and daughters. But it was their portion. It not only was for sustenance, but the main thing it was for, for the priests, was it was God's design by which the priest would take that which otherwise was sinful and he could consume it as a priest and when consuming it then as the priest he would be in a beautiful illustration joining God with man and it had to go through the priesthood. And this is how this is how the people on certain occasions with regard to certain offerings this is how the people would gain forgiveness the whole community would gain forgiveness to effect their atonement before Yahweh now these guys didn't do that they just burned it up so there's there's a gap here they were the ones designed by Yahweh instructed by Yahweh to consume this so that in the eyes of Yahweh having obeyed the way of Yahweh, standing between God and man, they would have effected the forgiveness and atonement for the people. They didn't do that. So, behold, its blood was not brought into the sanctuary within, so you should have surely eaten it within holy precincts as I commanded. Aaron spoke to Moses. He said, Moses, lighten up. We're upset. My two sons and their two brothers were just fried to death by a divine and magically appearing fire from Yahweh. Things went wrong, and the ultimate price was paid. The tradition of the people was to mourn for so many days over the loss of a loved one. Moses had told them, don't don't do your clothing the way you look, don't do anything that makes you look like you're grieving and in mourning. But Aaron says, but today, Did they offer up their sin offering and their burnt offering before Yahweh? If tragic events like these had befallen me, and if I had eaten a sin offering today, would it have pleased Yahweh? Moses heard this, and it pleased him. It's a very unusual situation. But what Aaron is saying is simply this. We have human and emotional limitations here. And we are stricken with grief, horror, surprise. And we have all of these responsibilities upon us. Can Yahweh not understand? what we faced. So when Moses listened to this, as though Yahweh intervened, Moses heard this and it pleased him. And so Moses backed off, realizing the grief and sorrow that Aaron and his other two sons have suffered all in this one day. Just this day, stricken by the death of our beloved family members, do you expect us to remember every detail? How do you think Yahweh would feel given these tragic events? Moses understood. It pleased him. God is a compassionate God. This was an unusual occasion. The people had learned their lesson and would continue to learn their lesson about the importance of the worship of Yahweh. Worship leaders, worshipers, congregation. Well, let's, uh, let's stop there and we'll be through for tonight. Father God in heaven, we... Humbly come before you and we ask, O Lord. That you would accept what we offer to you in worship. And in life itself. As we are in Christ. And we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So God, help us to grow and to mature and understand the importance of our walk with you in this life. In Jesus name. Amen.